what is going on team so this is a great great episode i thoroughly enjoyed recording this i sat down with a great friend of mine mr jordan harry who i know from university and we spoke all types of things he's not only a great great friend of mine but he is one of the most intelligent and genuinely nice guys that i've ever had the fortune of knowing we spoke about his business study fast uk which empowers 10,000 people across 137 different countries to improve their learning retention of information and reading itself he is also a tedx speaker with over 1 million views on his youtube platform he is also an athlete speaks spanish or is learning to attempting to at this current time we spoke all things from why you should read how to gain access to information talking about habits and routines he is genuinely one of the most insightful guys i have ever met this is a great episode i really thoroughly hope you enjoy it so without further ado i am your host tom pabani and this is what we actually talk about Awesome. Brilliant. So we are into the podcast today. I've got a very special guest with me. I've already done the intro. I've gassed him up a hundred thousand times. <laughs> this is my man. Many. No. Well, that's what you're going to pretend to say, aren't you? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got my man, Jordan Harry here. I've already introduced him. He is TEDx speaker, over a million views, um, which is absolutely incredible. He empowers 10,000 people across 147 countries. This guy is honestly a legend. Um, Plus, he's sporting excellence as well. We all know that. Um, go to you together. He's just a great friend of mine. All-round good guy. Um, yes, oh, he well. didn't even say that. So, Jordan, thanks for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. You are the very first guest from afar on the podcast. Like, it's a pleasure. I don't know if I should be honoured or scared because there's a lot that could go wrong right now. But um, no, I'm super like, excited. Like I said before, we got, we got past kind of like all the techn- technological details. So, I think right. we're doing okay. <laughs> Fantastic. but i want to give you 30 seconds maybe more if you're lucky just to tell me you know who is jordan harry what what is jordan harry all about background however give me your life story wow we're Go. about to get deep yeah, um, my name's jordan harry and if you couldn't tell i'm from britain very posh accent I never used to speak like this so and i'll tell you why and what i do day to day is i teach people how to become speed readers and memory experts they can learn anything faster i have an obsession with learning new things, but learning them as quick and as effective as possible. Um, so that really coincides what I do on a daily basis. Um, when I'm not teaching people how to become speed readers and remember more, um, I do martial arts, I give public talks, um, I have a social life on the weekend. <laughs> so I try to encourage people, you can be multi-dimensional. Awesome. I love that. I think that was a perfect way to finish that. Um, that 30 seconds, you got it all in time. So congratulations to you i don't think i could be able to do that in 30 <laughs> seconds i'd probably just ramble hey, on. i'm well trained i'm well trained <laughs> so i think the first place i want to start with is i mean you touched on it already is you know your speech um i'm assuming that was kind of like one of the main driving forces between all of this so you mentioned you do speed reading can we just get a background on how that came about because it's not something that i think a lot of people will have heard of or recognize i mean to be honest i certainly didn't know about it until i met you um so if you could give us the background between how all that started that'd be fantastic and you know it's weird i love hearing that when people are like oh what's speed reading you know oh actually no, <laughs> i was telling my yeah. uh, family and friends yesterday before i jumped onto this podcast and i'm like eh, what, what the hell is that and i was like well listen to the podcast <laughs> you'll find out so and you know at the beginning i loved that i was like yeah keep it a secret you know, yeah know, absolutely I, I generally didn't want anyone to know of it and every time i someone said they didn't I thought, ah, you're my client awesome. but i want that to change i want people to be like oh you just oh yeah that's what john high does uh, oh okay that's what so-and-so does there's quite a few people that do it unless yeah. you know it's easy so you know i get asked this question a lot of times and i'm always loved in this podcast because it forces me to reflect on hmm. where i've come from 
And the same story which you'll hear on my TED talk is it was my speech impediment. Plug. <laughs> cool. Very subtle. It'll be linked down below, guys. Don't worry. Thank you, my man. Um, <laughs> but what you'll find is that there's no one defining moment that sets it all off. You know, Thomas, I'll, I'll ask you a question. Hope you don't mind. Um, have you ever been in love? Yes. Okay, yes, he has, and the big smile. I think we've discussed this before. We did. <laughs> yeah. And if she's listening, I'm fucked. <laughs> By the way, swearing is allowed on the podcast if oh, necessary. That's fucking beautiful. There we go. Cool. Now, what I realized was it kind of relates to Simon Sinek, and he was talking about this theory <laughs> of love. And, you know, Thomas, I'll use you as a dummy. Do you remember the exact moment you fell in love? Like she did something, or you woke up in the morning and you're like, oh, yeah, we love um, I wouldn't say there was an exact moment, mm. but I would kind of say there was like an almost like a pin drop when I was a bit like, oh, okay, maybe like it just became overwhelming. I wouldn't say it was love because I yeah. think, to be honest, you can only think about that in hindsight. Of course. Um, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. But I there was a moment I was just like, oh, damn, like you could, you've really got me. <laughs> like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I do remember it absolutely. Yeah. But then yeah. she didn't do something, you know, which was like, yeah, you know, you, you wash the dishes. I love you now, you know. It, I mean, it wasn't that, obviously, yeah. but it, it was more like, uh, I think we were just in, we were just watching a film. Mm-hmm. And we were watching her favorite film, which is 10 Things I Hate About You. God, it's because I remember it so clearly, actually. So you might be right. And then I just, I just said something and she just looked at me in some way. And it was just like, oh, my God, like, yeah, like, yeah, totally in love. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, there was kind of kind of a pinpoint moment. Oh, put uh, me on the spot, bro. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry, don't worry. Because what you'll find is not many people can put pinpoint the exact moment they fell in love. Mm. You know, and in that one moment, what you said wasn't like the defining factor. No, it wasn't. It was just not. like, oh, wow, I've been in love with you for the past month. You know, I just didn't realize it all, however long. Uh, yeah. So yeah. what they say is, you know, if I said to you, Thomas, I went on a date last week with a girl and completely in love with her what would you say to me it's the first day what would you say i don't know bro it's too soon yeah of course naturally yeah, absolutely and you know if i'd been with her and say it was our ninth year anniversary tomorrow and um i'm not in love with her yet what would you say you're wasting your time wasting my time exactly right so simon cynic he said somewhere between the first day and the ninth anniversary is where you fall in love wow right? that's a long period yeah well, well it's the idea that you know, there's no defining one moment or kind of quantifiable number to say, yeah, you will be in love with someone within two years. Because some people do fall in love on the first date. Some people fall in love after nine years. To bring it back to, of course, my business <laughs> is, you know, I, ask, I get asked this question. You know, what was the defining moment? What made you realize? Mm-hmm. And really, there's a series of moments. But, of course, that last one you remember. You, yes. you know, you remember watching the TED talk on why you should read a book a day. And mm-hmm. then I was like, yeah, let me start a business on speed reading. But it wasn't that one talk. And just like when you spoke to your girlfriend watching that film, mm-hmm. it wasn't that one moment that made you love her. It was kind of the match. Yeah. It was mission to go. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, the kind of quick story, growing up in a predominantly black area in Essex, Okay. I then moved to Norfolk, which is predominantly white. It's a big culture shift. Yeah, absolutely. That must have been tough. Mm. And a teacher said to me, yeah, because I always felt like he picked on me. And <laughs> whenever we were in groups, I was always the one being pulled out of class. Mm. He said, okay. Jordan, you stand out. And I knew what he meant by that, right? And he said, but you need to make sure you stand up for the right reasons. So here's this teacher who I thought, you know, hated me, you know, playing the race card because I'm black. But actually... He was trying to teach me a very, very valuable lesson at a very Absolutely. young age, you know, at the <clears> age <throat> of 12. That you have that to young? Yeah. Wow. wow you okay. have to understand that you are a young, big black man and that people are going to stereotype you because our brain, getting geeky, we have prejudices because our Absolutely. brain wants to be efficient. You know, our brain coming back to survival instincts. We don't want to spend a lot of time thinking, is this person in front of us a threat? Can I trust them? Um, can they help me? We want to be able to look at someone and be like, yep, they can help me, they're threat, run away. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to change the narrative of what it meant to be a young black man. So when I was the age of 12, I thought, okay, let's get rid of this whole slang talking because this is rubbish. <laughs> you know, let's actually learn to articulate myself. Absolutely. Let's start to read 
let's start to get on with my teachers um, because I'm deemed as a cool kid. So surely if I dress smart and I start learning, mm. maybe that can be a knock on effect to my friends and the rest of the school. Um, I went on to be, you know, head boy, um, you know, showed people like it's cool, you know, to be oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, yeah, as I continued, I had this speech impediment where I couldn't say my S's or F's. Uh, my mum, being a mama's boy, took me to speech therapy, drilled that out of me. But ultimately, that affected my reading speed. And I only noticed when I got to uni, um, when, of course, going to the University of Bath. Woo-woo. That's one. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, or Bath, depends on where you're from. Oh, it's Bath. It's, it's definitely Bath. Bath. It's definitely Bath. That was way behind my peers. So wow. okay. me and my dyslexic housemate, and I'll tell you why that's relevant in a moment, awesome. we just Googled how to read faster. Um, started watching videos, went to the library, bought loads of books on it. Um, and that's how the journey started. Um, that's but brilliant. To kind of fast forward, how we run our first workshop. Um, I set up a Facebook event page, no content, just some good copy saying what would be covered. Oh, yeah. uh, we printed off some paper leaflets. I stood outside the library. Uh, from like five to God knows when, um, handed these leaflets out saying, you know, nine pound a session. The room hadn't been booked either. No, <laughs> God, the uni, what... you can't book a room. Yeah, I know. Charge. I know. So it was like uh, location TBC. Here's the Facebook link on a leaflet. Damn. You know, how are people meant to click? <laughs> that's awesome. You know, that's how it kind of all starts out. You hear all yeah. these crazy stories and this is just one of them. I think it's fantastic. And then um, the final point before we move on is, you know, you start putting off stickers and of course we had the leaflets, our paper leaflets. Awesome. We started leaving them on top of microwaves and I was like, the marketing rule book said people have got to see it like nine times or seven times. Yeah. So I started giving these stickers and leaflets to girls and I said to them, like, go into the girls' toilets, put them in the cubicles put them on the um sinks um yeah we were sticking them all over the place people don't even know what the logo is <laughs> well they do now yeah. that's the best that's, that's the cool thing it must be that quite is. cool to look back on it and think wow like how far it's come um sure. but yeah sorry back to the back to the story yeah um so that's it really from the moment of being you know a young black man who thought being uh, a little thug was cool because i was the cool kid at school um to then being this geeky kid who everyone still respected to then get into uni and realizing, ah, I'm way behind my peers, um, to then just asking and being mm-hmm. curious to finally, of course, I'm um, trying to start a business, but realizing I was working too goddamn hard for nine pounds. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, absolutely. that work ethic has not changed. You know, I've just gotten smarter. Yeah, no, I can attest to that. Absolutely. You know, you're one of the hardest working people I know, the way you manage to juggle things, which is something I do want to touch on. Um, What I think is great about what you just said is that it seems, you know, you could have taken and reacted to all these kind of situations in any type of way. And I think a lot of people would have taken the, you know, the situation that you were well you were put in you know being moved to a predominantly white area then having these teachers come out and speak to you and you know being subject to prejudice in some ways I suppose you could have reacted to that terribly you know you could have um you know felt it was all about you and you could have Mm. felt that it was you could have dug yourself into a hole but I love the way that you took that and you were like do you know what I I want to improve you came to uni you know you felt like you were behind and I definitely know what that's like it was a culture shock for me being one of one of the most intelligent people at school and then going to the University of Bath and then you're up against and the competition is so fierce because yeah. it is, you know, you're all you're all competing, really. And to feel like you're behind in any way, shape or form is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the way that you took the best route, in my opinion, you know, to say, OK, curiosity where can I go from this? And you just yeah. did it. And I feel like, um, you know, speed reading, like was that kind of like a, you know, it just seems so far out there to me that you would choose speed reading. Um, I was wondering yeah. if you could, I know it sounds like a very simple concept, you know, reading fast, but I know from the talks that you've done at university and the workshops and things that you've done, that is far, far more than that. Um, so if you could just give an overview to the guys of like, what, what actually is speed reading? Cause I'm sure there's so many more, you know, it's not just a simple manner. It's very, very wide and contextual. Of course, thank you. There's two things I really want to cover there, because um, I really want to bring some practical, you know, advice. To Brilliant, that'd be great. Watching. Yeah. 
So the first one is kind of for the entrepreneurs or the people who are thinking about starting out, thinking that um, it's called imposter syndrome, that you yes. know this amount. And if you're watching, if you're not listening, if you're not watching, I'm just doing a small <laughs> circle, that you know this amount and that everyone else knows that amount. And if you're listening, I'm now showing a bigger circle. Big circle. Yeah. Big circle, small circle. So the idea is that you know nothing compared to the audience when mm -hmm. in actual fact, all you need to know is a little bit more than your target audience. Mm -hmm. And you can deliver a product or service. Yeah. Okay. So when I started out, you know, I thought I can't do this because one, I'm 18, you know, all the other speed readers, let's just look, actually, let's look at teachers in general okay. are 18 and above, you know, they're not 18. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, not many of them look like me in the sense of not many of them are of ethnic diversity. Mm -hmm. They all have good beards. Mine's coming along. Um, they <laughs> Don't all worry, have... we'll get them. <laughs> <laughs> they all have PhDs. You know, mm -hmm. they all are specialists in their fields with 20 years experience. But here's this 18-year-old who's read a couple of books. And now I want to charge people money. Mm -hmm. And for myself, at least, I thought, what makes me qualified to do this? And I think I got that at the beginning. Because at the beginning, you don't have the 10,000 students. At the beginning, yeah. you don't have the 1 million views. You don't have the beautiful list of clients. So how do you get started? Well, for those listening, number one, offer your services for free. There'll be very few companies that will say no to free support. If you approach Google, Deloitte, government, bloody blah, blah, go high, go to the top, go close to the sun and say, hey, I'd love to deliver our training for free. We would love to give you one of our T-shirts for free. What's great about that is you can now put that client on your website. You can now say in your mm -hmm. next business meeting, you Social have worked proof. with Google. Yeah. And you're, yes, okay. Is it a white lie? No. And no, I'm going to say no, because not. if they ask you, was it paid work? Then of course, be honest. Yes. But when you say you've worked with Google, yes, Google have given you permission, given you the thumbs up to come into their office and of course communicate a message to the audience or to give a product to them. So 100% you have worked with them. Okay, if the conversation, which it never has, gone to is it paid, then you have to be honest. Absolutely. The other thing, what makes you different will make you succeed. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, why speed reading for me? No one looks like what I look like doing what I do. Mm. Touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> What's great is, okay, there's many people that won't come to, towards me because I swear, because I think I have a good sense of humor, um, because I keep it very simplistic, right? Yeah. Mm. But yet there's another audience who just gravitate towards me and love me. And there's a book called 100 True Fans. They were never saying, heard of it. Ah, are you, and don't worry, you don't have to read it. I'm about to give you it. Do you so, know what? I'm going to add it to the collection anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but for those that haven't read the book, um, the, the principle is simple. You don't need 1 million fans. You don't need 10K followers on Instagram. <clears throat> you know, my Instagram, um, I think I have about 5,000 right now, yeah. which is an okay number, right? But I, old me would have been like, I need 10,000. I need 20,000. Well, it's just an arbitrary number, really. It is. It is. And it's a happiness. You think once you attain it, that you'll be happy. Absolutely. But it's yeah. momentarily. And what you'll find is those 5,000 people, I'd say 3,000 of them are my true fans. 3,000 of them have bought. 3,000 of them now tell their friends. 3,000 of them are my advocates. Right. Yeah. So if you can find 100 people that love what you do, you will have a very profitable business. You know, Thomas, if you had 100 sponsors sponsoring your podcast, I don't know what you do with the money. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably cry to begin with. I'd be like, what the hell? But yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that's just, you know, something that's raging within contemporary mm -hmm. society. You know, it's just a number. It's just a number. And in fact, Facebook and Instagram announced the other day that they're going to be hiding likes. Yeah, likes, yeah. Like, completely, which I think is fantastic. Because it's just it's just a number. It doesn't mean anything. But like you said, it's those it's those customers that I mean, there's like what eight billion people, nine billion people on this planet. Yep. It's, you only need that small percentage that are going to continue to come back, recommend you, and I don't want to say the word, but almost be loyal. You know, that's that, that's that's important. Yeah, and I think if you're starting out, this is mainly for those starting out, but it's not too late yeah. for those who started. But if you can operate from a position of abundancy. As opposed yep. to scarcity, scarcity in the sense of, oh my God, yep. you know, there's only five people out there who will buy my products or I need to get them first. If you can get five companies in the Southwest, you're mm -hmm. a very good business. 
I think another thing to note there is that yeah. you know, you've got, if you're looking at it from an abundancy aspect, you know, you've got those five clients. Do the best damn job you can. Yeah. Because, you know, service and quality of service and the quality of what you do will trump anything. Mm-hmm. If you deliver them a fantastic service, they're going to go and tell their friends. They're going to go and tell everyone. And then what do you do? You get qualified clients. People are going to give it all and people who are going to see the value in what you do. Because I know you, you love what you do. You absolutely love it. And you love delivering this service. Um, you know, this is this is more than just a business. This is your passion. Um, yeah. And to deliver that to people is so important and it's enriching. So you're enriching other people's lives as well as yourself. So having those small amount of clients, you know, eventually that's going to grow, but it's going to grow to a client base that is, you know, it's a, it's a community rather than just here, there or everywhere. Which is incredible. You're so right. You're so right. And I know we're going on on various tangents. So we'll come I, back. I did. I told you we, we'll get there. Like it's all going to be wavy. It's fine. But the final point, which, which you kind of brought up there, which reminded <laughs> me was, when you start operating from a position of abundancy, mm. your actions change. And I know we come back to love and relationships, but I guess business is very similar. Is many people listening and watching can relate. When you're in relationships, <clears throat> it seems like everyone wants you. You know, your DMs start blowing up. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you've posted a photo with your partner, just suddenly it's like something in the world has told all I the know. females or the men <laughs> out there, this person's now taken, and now you get all these offers. But when you're single, your DMs are quiet. No yeah. one's going to date with you. And what happens is it's this operating from abundancy. You know, when you're in a relationship, your actions change. You know, when a girl messages you, don't care about what you're typing to her because you're in a relationship. So you just respond very nonchalantly. You get back to her within a couple of days. But then they, they're like, wow, this guy's of high value. And it's the same when you're in scarcity. Actually, now you're responding a lot quicker. You're thinking too much into the message. So therefore, they might respond differently. Mm. So people always wonder, oh, I'm in a relationship and no one wants me. You know, it's the same in business. When you've got a couple clients, it's not the fact that you're advertising, that you're working with these clients. It's a case that your actions are now changing. When clients reach out to you, you take a day to get back to them, you know, because you are so busy. So they're like, wow. And when you say to them, which I now do, sorry, I can't let you know when we can work together until June. Mm. You know, that's like, this was like three months ago. That's awesome. For them, they're like, <laughs> I'm doing a dog panting thing if you're not watching. Um, (laughs) yeah if you're watching just try not to let that live long in the memory (laughs) i'm scared that hurts in my chest area (laughs) i really thought i looked good doing that yeah i think i think that's um they call that keeping your well full um you know if you live by the abundancy principle you know you're if if you're your actions change so you're always keeping your options there yeah Um, you know and that's really, really important because it just says something to yeah, I agree to much. people. And I think I can't believe that you've got like basically a three month waiting list. Like that's crazy. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, you thoroughly deserve. But you I know. pushed it all to June and July. You know, and yeah, of course. I think that's the beautiful thing about running your own business. Mm. But let's get back to speed reading. Let's get back to what the people want to hear. So yeah, I've got, <laughs> you know what? We've had some crazy questions on this. Um, yeah. I mean, I had lows, but I didn't think it would blow up as much as I expected. But so what are, you know, what are the benefits of speed reading? That's what a lot of people want to hear because, you know, they know what it is now, essentially, um, and what you do as a business and how it came about. But, you know, what are the benefits apart from reading fast? (laughs) Yeah, of course. So what I love is it's a superpower, one which you can turn on and off when you need it. I love that. You know, so the idea is when you're watching a film, you don't want to put the film on two times because you've set aside two hours to enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. So why would you do the same with a book where you sat down and you want to take your time with it? Speed reading is a skill which you use to get the most amount of information in a minimal amount of time. Cool. Okay. So the benefits of it are in high pressure situations. For example, um, you have a deadline due in a couple of days um, or a couple of hours. You have a meeting that you need to go into and you're not prepped for the meeting for many corporates and they have 10 minutes, you know, whilst they go to the toilet to quickly read the agenda. Um, It's also very effective for picking up people 
in a crowd mm-hmm. because what we train on the course is controlling your eye fixations which is where your uh. eye is still on a page so if you can improve your visual um oh, damn it I've lost the word now you'll get it you'll get it um ah wow the speed readers and the memory trains <laughs> it is scope scope no it's the in the corner of your eye what is it called um Vortex. i don't know it will come to me peripheral vision peripheral vision right awesome. i was looking for yeah. and that's a really cool little thing i just did there focus mode focus mode of thinking is when you focus so hard on the task at hand that you can't see any other answers Brilliant. so right there i was like what's the word what's the word what's the word what's the word ah and i was going back to the same word which was visual span and it's hard to look at any other answer that's awesome. Then the moment I relaxed, which many people go take a walk or a shower, the answer came to me. So literally, you probably had the audio. As soon as yeah. I relaxed, which I've learned, I trained myself, it came to me. That's, That's amazing. Diffuse mode of thinking. So geeky subject, search up diffuse mode of thinking to help you with problem solving. And this probably. is where studies like taking a walk, having a shower, um, going for a drive. That's where you get your best ideas. Mm. I always have I've my phone that. nearby when I'm in the shower because when I'm in the shower, scrub it up, dubbing. <laughs> Get an idea. No. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, Tim Ferriss has a waterproof whiteboard in the shower. You mean when you're not singing Kendrick in the shower? <laughs> That's what you mean. When you're not, <laughs> when you're not blazing Spit out money trees and you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> so, um, yes, speed reading helps with picking up people in a crowd because you can train your peripheral vision, your eye fixations. Um, what other great benefits come with it? Of course, you apply it to the right material, you can earn more money. You can become better relationships. Um, you can run a better business because you can start reading books, taking in PDFs um, faster. So you can get the information that you need because it's information just in time, not just in case. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we live in an information overload society where there is information on anything, how to tie your laces to mm-hmm. how to throw the perfect jab. The key thing is, it's time. It's one thing we can't get back. So you need to understand. Finite currency. Yeah. yeah. Just in time as opposed to just in case. So those are the benefits of speed reading is it allows you to get the information you need at the relevant time in the most effective way. That's incredible. I hope you guys are writing this down who are listening to this, <laughs> you know, because I, I was skeptical to be quite honest. Mm. Um, and then you delivered a, a talk at Bath Entrepreneurs and I was just blown away you. and you did this one exercise, which is sticking your tongue to the roof of your mouth yeah. and reading. Yeah. So am I right in thinking that you can own most people rather yeah. only read as far as they can say in their mind, something along those lines. Yeah. Is that right? It is. And this is one of the most notorious habits is speed reading is pretty much in the simplest sense. We're breaking old reading habits. Yeah. For many of us, we haven't had a class called reading since the age of 10 or 12. Mm. Um, and for some of us, never. You know, we don't get taught how to read. But yet every other subject gets progressively harder. So expected yeah. to keep up with a reading speed of a 10, 12 year old. So what we have to do is we have to break a habit of a lifetime. <clears throat> Difficult. One of them is subvocalization. Big word alert. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> yeah, subvocalization. And to put it in the simplest sense, it's that little voice you use in your head when you're reading. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think you have a voice, well, it's that voice telling you you don't have a voice in your head. Right? <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. And you're only going to become aware of it probably now. And you use it when you're reading. And so many of us were taught to read aloud because that's how you learn a language. I'm learning Spanish right now. So if you can't pronounce the words, you don't understand them. Then what happens, this is elementary level reading. There's four stages of reading. We won't go into that now. You then taught to read in your head because, of course, that's meant to be faster. Mm. But the problem is you can only read as fast as you can talk. Mm -hmm. So the average talking speed is between 200 to 300 words per minute, unless you're Tony Robbins. Who can speak at 500 words per minute. <laughs> yeah, that guy can just spew information yeah. like no tomorrow. He's incredible. What a guy, yeah. And if you don't know who Tony Robbins is, that's your homework. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to set you task at the end. Like, yeah, you know, sure. come back for next week's assignment. But yeah, Tony Robbins is one hell of a guy. Yeah. yeah. 
And so what you'll find is if you want to increase your reading speed, you need to start to see the words as opposed to hearing them. Yeah. And one way we do that is by introducing a low level distraction. So okay. what Thomas was on about with pressing your tongue to the top of your mouth is the geeky science behind it is your brain can't focus on two things effectively at once. Mm-hmm. An example I'll give you is when you're driving a car and you're driving on the motorway and then you've got someone next to you as well and you're having a conversation with them. The conversation is taking more the cognitive aspect of your brain because driving on a motorway, if it's clear, requires very little skill. Mm-hmm. For many people, you'll be driving for half an hour and you'll be like, Jesus, how the hell did I get here? And you like can't autopilot, remember. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because that level of mastery takes very little cognitive effort. So you can focus more on the conversation next to you. No, I'm doing small mm-hmm. circle, big circle. <laughs> small circle, big circle again, yeah. <laughs> However, when you hit the city, especially London City, and you've got cameras, lights, congestion, oh, <laughs> yeah, I've got so many fines. <laughs> we're going to talk, oh, talk about the London British Department of Transport. Uh, let's we not go there. We'll do right politics now. next episode. <laughs> <laughs> what we will talk about right now is when you hit the city, your cognitive aspect of your brain now has to be taken up with <clears throat> driving. Yeah. So now 70% of it has to be focused on your driving ability. And the conversation now is reduced to probably 30%. Mm. And you often find someone will be talking to you, you'll be driving, you'll be like, so what did you say? Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you can't focus on two things. You turn the radio focus. down to focus on the road. That's one of those mm. things, isn't it? But it's one true. of those. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes when I'm really stressed, I have to turn the music off to focus. Absolutely. Yeah, which is crazy. But what you'll find is the same with reading. Is Our brain can't focus on two things effectively at once. Mm. So by pressing the tongue to the top of your mouth, it's such a low-level distraction that your brain struggles to focus on the voice inside your head allowing you to read effectively so now your brain can focus more on reading and it takes only a little bit of effort to keep that tongue to the top of your mouth it can't do that third thing which is the voice in your Mm. head another thing because many people find the tongue doesn't work you can tap on your leg don't tap on the table because that can be annoying to people yeah of course tapping on your leg is actually a really good pacer for keeping a rhythm when you're reading i never thought of it like that yeah never thought of it and it almost me, seems like an art and a science. Yes, it really is. It really is. Yeah. And it's these things that I'm constantly testing. Mm. So, you know, I'm in the field, you know, we'll, I'll read some studies about this. I'm like, okay, let's try this. And I learn just as much from the people I teach as they learn from me. So what have you seen? What's been kind of like your biggest, I suppose, revelation? Because I know you're always trying to better yourself yeah. and, and better these types of studies and things like that. You know, what has really surprised you? You've been like, wow, I can't believe that worked. Because what I did last night is I, uh, I was speaking to my sister and I told her about the tongue mm. and she did it. And my God, if you saw her, I should have filmed her reaction. She just went, <laughs> if you can't see, if you're not watching, my mouth is just like wide open. But she was just shocked. She was like, it works. It works. I was like, yeah. yeah. It works. Like, don't worry. We were in a room of like 60 of us at the entrepreneur evening and everyone else was exactly the same. <laughs> it's crazy. And it seems so simple, right? It seems oh, so basic. Yeah. Um, and this is what I love is I keep it very surface level. Yeah. You know, I say it in layman terms, simple terms, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, to many people are like, oh, he doesn't know what he's on about because there's no science behind it. But then if you put your hand up and ask, okay, why? I can give you more. I can give you more. I can tell you what part of the brain is working at what point. Um, but the biggest revelation for me was that no speed reading companies today are teaching memory. And if they are teaching memory, they're teaching it after. Uh-huh. What I found was all these people, and I was going on all these workshops, and I still do. They were leaving with reading speeds of 1,500 words per minute, which it took me three years to get. <laughs> and That's these people crazy. were doing it in one session. Um, and they were asking them, okay, how much did you comprehend? And Jimmy next to me would be like, eh, 80%. I'm like, is anyone going to test Jimmy? Or are we just going to take Jimmy's word that yeah. he, he understood 80%? Yeah. And they'd be like, Jordan, I'm like, well, I read that at 700 words per minute because this is a topic I didn't know and understood 70%. And Jimmy's now all smug. So right. what I found was, one, there was no quantitative way to measure people's comprehension mm-hmm. because these speed readers just wanted simply to say, oh, yes, you can improve your reading speed by four four times, and by yeah. the end of this, you'll be reading like over 1,000 words per minute. 
again an arbitrary number an arbitrary number correct um but for me it was a case of okay how much does jimmy remember a day later a week later a month later and can he remember that if we're training memory afterwards various studies have said that if you don't have the techniques in place to comprehend it's no point of reading fast because it's just not going to go in yeah this is something i actually we got a, a question about so i mentioned that this was you know speed reading students are going to be particularly interested in this yeah. you know revision and stuff like that but how much can you actually retain because from the surface of it you think okay great i can read quickly you know you can read a book a day um mm -hmm. which is something i wish i could do but i'm going to work on it i promise um you know how much of it do you actually take in and absorb and because otherwise it becomes kind of pointless i suppose yes. oh, if you can read quickly okay great but what why why do you read why do we t we do it to take in information we do it, do it to learn we do it to develop ourselves if you can't take anything in you know yeah it doesn't mean anything so one of the questions just was how do you comprehend those types of things and how do you retain information and are there any particular kind of ways in which you do that a method strategies Excellent. those types of things and i'll give you that now and i hope in the show notes you'll put like kind of um timestamps of where yeah yeah it'll be timestamps yeah. excellent yeah. um number one dale carnegie once said that knowledge is not power until it's applied yeah absolutely simple sense that you can have this awesome bookshelf and i've actually sold a lot of my books have you probably, yeah because i'm hoarding them at the moment i've got a massive <laughs> collection down the side of my bed that i'm working through and i've just bought another three from amazon this morning so shame shame on you look at you your little guilty fetish <laughs> <laughs> trust me it is at the moment uh, <laughs> imagine someone asked me on a first date what's your guilty fetish books uh, <laughs> hey each to their own but to come back to that you know if you're not applying the knowledge it's useless so the one way that you can do it is by testing yourself so after you've read a chapter let's get rid of this illusion of learning so a show of hands who in here highlights as you read I'm guilty of it as well, right? So when you're highlighting as you're reading, you know, there's this conscious bias of, yeah, I've remembered this because I've highlighted it, right? I'm guilty of it. I still do it occasionally. Of course. You think if you've highlighted it, it's stored in your memory. But what we need to get over is familiarization is not the same as memorization. Right. Okay, I'll say that again. Familiarization is not the same as memorization. So when you see something, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I understand that topic. No. Do you really understand it? Can you teach someone else? That's mm -hmm. memorization. So what I would suggest is once you read a chapter or a section or an article or paragraph, look away, close the book, and literally self-test yourself in your head or speak it aloud. Be like, okay, so Abraham Lincoln, he traveled to that country, and then he did this, and then when he met that person, he, he got that. Okay, wait, what happened when he reached England? And then what happens, this beautiful thing about self-testing, two things. One, you realize how much you actually do remember. Mm -hmm. So we get rid of this illusion of learning. And number two, we identify gaps in your knowledge. So you can't remember what Abraham Lincoln was doing in England. So you're like, oh, shit, I need to go back because I actually don't know that. Mm -hmm. And that's the great thing of teaching people what you've just learned. They say something once taught is twice learned. So after listening to this podcast, I encourage you to share what you've learned. You know, tell people about diffused and focused mode of thinking. Tell people about sub-vocalization. Yeah. Tell people about self-testing and closing the chapter. Because when you're teaching someone, you're actively having to go through this process of recall. So finding information in your brain. The great thing about that, if you're looking to do public talks, you'll get faster and more effective at speaking because you can retrieve what you need faster. And number two... You actually realize how much you do or don't know about the topic yeah and it may require you to go back and review it and what i say about highlighting is it's a great tool to assist memory and yeah. what i mean by that is you highlight the key bits of information 100 percent. keep doing that mm -hmm. close the book test yourself then open the book and now make it easier for yourself to find the answers oh yeah got the first highlight I see what you mean ah, yeah missed the second highlight and that was a key bit of information and that's what he was doing in england okay yep got the third one got the fourth one got the fifth one so you remember there was five highlights that you made <clears throat> okay i can only yeah. remember four to five so 
to answer that question in the most practical sense without working with an individual and of course for it to be widespread once you've read something look away close the book test yourself then review see if you've got the answers and continue reading that's fantastic i'm sure everyone will be happy to hear that i mean i was definitely what i had the same sort of question when you know we first met i was just mm. like you know what what's the point how do you absorb information otherwise yeah but that's absolutely fantastic i don't think you could have answered that any better <laughs> we do have um just another question we've got tons more things i want to talk about but one of the other questions i got was a lot of people hate reading including myself this isn't me this is some question that we had even recreationally what can motivate people to read so me and you are massive advocates of reading yeah um, i mean you can read a book a day i'm not quite there but i i think it's one of the greatest things we can do i want to know what motivates you to read recreationally or educationally or to better your craft yeah i think i've sort of answered it there in one sense so <clears throat> let's start with the first one which is how do you create a reading habit i think i hope i'm answering that question correctly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now how do you create a habit um now if we look at um charlie durhig's um habit cycle there's three parts to creating a habit number one is a cue mm-hmm. number two is the routine and number three is the reward all habits operate as he found on these three principles in that order it's very sequential right. Number one is the cue. So someone who wants to stop overeating, we have to look at their habits. Okay, so the cue is they get home from work and they're hungry. The routine is they go to the cereal cupboard and they pour <laughs> themselves, you know, a bowl of cereal, right? Yeah. And it's the same for students too. <clears throat> and yeah. number three is the reward is they feel satisfied. You know, they, they quench their hunger mm. right? or they satisfy their hunger, should I say. So, okay, someone who wants to lose weight, we need to change this habit. The way you change a habit is you change either the routine or the reward, mm-hmm. okay? Because that reward could be detrimental to that person's health, such as eating the cookie, having a fag, whatever. Right? Yeah. So, okay, the cue is you get home, okay? And you want to lose weight. So the routine could then be you get in and you pack your gym clothes, okay? Oh, okay. The reward is you get your cereal after the gym. Okay, so we're changing the routine. The cue is you get home. Routine is you get your gym bag. And then mm-hmm. the cue, the reward is you get your bowl of cereal. Now, for many people now, how do we make the routine easier? Well, you pack your gym bag the night before. So there's no excuse. Or you leave it by the front door. So you literally get in, you drop your stuff mm-hmm. off, you grab your bag and you go. Okay, um, we'll take another um reward let's look at reading a book um so you want to read more and you want to read whilst you're in bed you know the cue is you get into bed um and you want to relax the routine is you go on your phone the reward is you get the hit of dopamine and you know you tie yourself out you go to sleep okay so the cue is you get into bed okay so now the routine is you read in bed and the reward is then you get to go on your phone okay okay so then you still get the dopamine We'll just change routine. Now, how do we make sure the routine is easily done? And this is called resistance to activity. So they say that the first, I think it's like three or 10 seconds, and this is where procrastination comes in, because mm-hmm. our brain doesn't like pain. Our, our brain will do anything to get away from pain. If you can get past the first 10 seconds of doing an activity, just sit there and get on with it, you'll find that you can get to the next minute. And they find that once you're, I think it's five minutes into the activity, you'll be okay. So what do we need to do to resist resistance, reduce resistance, apologies? Well, we need to start having a book on our bedside table. Why? Because you have no excuse now that you need to get out of bed. It is right there. The next thing is you start a small habit is you read for two minutes. Why two minutes? I hear you all asking. Two minutes is such a small objective that it seems so small that you're like, cool, it's easy to do. You know, two minutes, nothing. It's like, you know, two pages for people who aren't speed readers. Yeah, so for you... But if you want to become a speed reader... <laughs> <laughs> and then what you'll find is you'll read longer than two minutes. Why? It's because you've got past that resistance. So <clears throat> having it on your bedside table, read for only two minutes each night. And the third thing about this <clears throat> is that you start being consistent with it. 
because as we know, it takes 21 days. Some arguments say 60 days to start a habit. But to simply form a habit, you need to be doing it on a consistent basis. So if you're reading for two minutes every night in bed, it's such a small goal that you will be able to do this near enough every night without fail. And then you still get your reward of going on your phone. And this is called mm -hmm. defeating the procrastination zombie. Wow. It's the idea that in the morning. That's cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a little term I coined. <laughs> oh, it's, did you coin it? Yeah. It's oh, like, it's even cooler now. <laughs> I did something out of there. But it's this idea that when we wake up in the morning, <clears throat> we instantly go into our phones, we check our Instagram because we want to help dopamine. Because our procrastination zombie doesn't want to face reality and check our emails or some people like their emails or get out of bed and get the day going. So for the first 10 minutes of your day, say no to the procrastination zombie because this is exercising your willpower. You need to show that no, in fact, I'm in charge and not you, procrastination zombie. And for the first 10 minutes, you read the book that you need to read. You learn the language you need to on whatever app you use. And then as a reward, now you can check social media, right? Start your day off by being in control of your habits because Thomas, if you control your habits and you protect them, one day your habits will protect you. Wow. You know, and if people allow their procrastination zombies to take over, you will never go to the gym when you want to. Mm -hmm. You will never lose the weight you want to. You will never start the reading habit. You need to start putting systems in place to create these habits. So if you want to read more and you want to enjoy it, is number one, create a reading habit. Mm -hmm. Have a book on your bedside table, read for two minutes. I encourage you to stick to that two-minute rule and then reward yourself with whatever the hell you want to do. And number two, some people simply don't like reading. I know this is going to sound like controversial coming from the speed mm -hmm. reader. Some people simply will not love reading. Why would I get anyone to do something they don't love? Yeah, of course. You know, they say you, you can't make a horse drink from water. or You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make, you it, can't make it drink. Yeah. Unless you put some salt in that water. <laughs> oh, in his food, in his food, and then he'll drink the water, right? He's <laughs> got no choice then. <laughs> so that's the same. Is we read when we have to, yeah, when we need to, but not when we want to. Um, and so what I'd recommend is find other ways to take information in: audible, videos, podcasts. Find, yeah, podcasts. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Good timing, that. That was brilliant. Yeah. So for me to be completely transparent with you all, if you generally do like reading, but you struggle to get into your mm -hmm. schedule set aside wake up 10 minutes earlier spend yeah. two minutes extra in bed before going to your phone if you don't like reading i can't install that in you you've got mm -hmm. to find that passion find other ways you know and double down on those i think one of the things that we should kind of establish is that it's some people do love reading the physical you know for example i cannot stand kindles or anything like that i love the physical nature of having a book yeah. you know it's something weird about the smell and collecting them and then being there that's why i hoard them so much mm. and it's better for your memory and is it yes. tell me how um it's called visual spatial memory so with a wow, kindle okay. we don't have any touch we don't have any other sense to go off <clears throat> with a book you can actually remember like the, the fill of the page especially if there's an important bit of information <laughs> you may notice there's like a coffee stain on that page uh, you may have dog marked it and you struggled to dog mark it um, and it took you a little bit longer to dog mark it. It's all these little hooks that your brain can use. Yeah. Maybe you struggled opening the page flat to highlight and you remember how much of a struggle it was to open the page up. You're right. I you mean, know? there's a book I've been reading lately and yeah. there is one page that I continue to return to a number of times and that yeah. page is just wrecked for the rest. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it's something about that. It's not about encouraging people to read. I think no. the question that we've, you know, had is how, how you know, do you best learn? Yeah, how do you best learn? Mm. And I think that's the thing that we need to focus on is I read because it's a way of retaining and gaining information, bettering myself in some way, shape or form, you know, um, but you can get that anywhere. You can do that via podcasts, audiobooks. The reason why I do it is simply i like reading i think there's a combination between you know the relaxing aspects i read before i go to bed i do read in the morning i do it when i've got some spare time but equally i'll use audiobooks or podcasts you know just anything and it's the it's the the outcome rather than the input i suppose that what matters most in that sense i agree i agree and you've got a why 
that's what yes. makes you different. You know, you're yeah. learning more so you can become a better person, so you can have a better mm-hmm. business, so you can have a better social life, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes it a whole lot easier to get your head in that book, mm-hmm. even when you don't want to. Yeah, and I just wanted to return, you know, what you said about habits, about just in the morning, just say those two minutes and stuff like that. Yeah. I think habitual processes are so important because oh, I can't remember who it was, but it, he spoke about, um, you know, a routine is one thing. But what's more important is is having routines for your routines. So essentially, yeah. it's essentially how do you, you know them? how do you protect your routine yeah. by having routines and yeah. habits. Yeah, because um, we're humans, we will we will find a way to get around something. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know. Well, I tell you what, that was that was fantastic. I've got a, a number of things. Yeah, we, can um, do, we can do two more questions few more questions yeah well i've got a question for you okay hit me really and it's not necessarily related to speed reading or it is related to your business as well but you mentioned you do martial arts you're also a triple jumper right yeah right? although i've taken a break uh, are you taking be, a break yeah and i'll be putting a video out about that shortly awesome continue. definitely should check those out um so you run a business yeah. you <laughs> a very successful business we should say um you've been at university you've been a student you actually do the same degree that i do which is sport and social science can't wait for that dissertation um you're an athlete um and you're a very sociable person as well and i think what people would be interested to know is how do you balance Mm. all that intensity and does things like martial arts and partaking in sport help take away from that stress because you know we've spoken about habits and i'm the thing is it all intertwines right um so if you give give the give the listeners kind of like a an insight into that and how you do all this because i think it's it's tough especially as an entrepreneur yeah um and to add to that list i'm now learning spanish you know but not and you're now spanish. learning spanish of course yeah but in i fact, want... wrote a fantastic linkedin post yesterday which everyone should go and read it's about you never know who's listening i won't i'm not going to tell them what it is <laughs> i'm going to link it down below but it was fantastic and it really Thank made you. me smile really made me smile that means a lot to me that means a lot um and what I really want to get onto is number one is I have a purpose with all these, with all the things that I do in my life. It's yeah. not just because it's cool or mm-hmm. it keeps me out of trouble. I want to be a literally a human vessel, which is so self-efficient. I want yeah. to be able to protect myself, survive in any country um, and my own money, literally all by myself. You know, um, I literally want to be able to walk around. And I think that's anyone's goal. Yeah. Be a machine. Yeah. In the sense I can talk to almost any culture because I I know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. And to them it means the world. But let's get on to um why do I do so much? I started out once again. I started the business. I tore my hamstring, mm-hmm. complete rupture of my right hamstring when I did um. jump. Um and this was about three years ago. And I sat in bed and up to that point I was the athlete. For many people listening, we all have some sort of identity. Yeah. You know. Thomas the hurdler, James the boxer, Jordan the triple jumper, right? My friends admired me as the triple jumper. I had a lot of respect and love because I was a top triple jumper. But at this moment, I was an athlete. And you hear a lot about a lot of people hitting depression, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. For me, whilst I sat in bed, I was like, well, I can go on my laptop. My fingers work. So let's Google how to start a business. Um, and this was before I was a speed reader. This was just me sat there. and I was like, Really? Okay. Hmm, okay. So for the months of rehab, I fell in love with this world of entrepreneurship. So what I found was, okay, my athletics life was to shit, to put it politely. <laughs> yeah. But now I, my business, my entrepreneurship was like thrilling and exciting. The fire was burning. Yeah. yeah. Then, of course, taking a, a break from triple jump, I went to martial arts um and then started learning spanish and of course every weekend that's when i have my social life and it's lit and what's really important <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna awesome. say it's it, i don't put it on my story often <laughs> i mean it's probably a wise idea i've done it too yeah. many times where people are like um tom mate chill out <laughs> so what i really want to communicate is not having a single identity because Absolutely. what happens is when that, one identity is going bad you have nothing else to you know, mm-hmm. fall back on and my mindset is so strong and I, I'm very lucky. I feel like we all suffer with depression. Depression is simply when you're feeling shit but then many of us get back out of it. Depression mm-hmm. is a fact and I'm not a you know, health psychologist, I don't have a degree in it. Mm-hmm. Depression is when you feel shit and you can't get out of it. 
that's my yes. simple terms of depression is when you feel shit and you, you simply just can't come back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I go day to day saying it's another day in paradise. You have to change the way you talk. When people mm-hmm. ask me how am I feeling, I say tremendous, wonderful, fantastic. I always start it with the first letter of the day. Why? That's awesome. Breaks the habit of us being lazy, efficient humans of, I'm good. Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm okay. How are you? Because when you say I'm tremendous, people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, literally, try it. I promise you, another thing you need to I'm going to try that way. today. I'm, gonna, I'm heading to the gym after this yeah, podcast. So I'm going to see them. I'm going to be like, okay, tremendous. Yeah. I want to see what and, happens. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Amount of people that will actually continue a conversation like, oh, tell me, tell me more. Why? What's going on? You know, and how far it goes, right? And, oh, freaking hell, we're going on another topic. Talking it's about cool. breaking Go habits and starting conversations. But if you say to someone, how's your Thursday going? Watch their face. Watch when you ask them. I'm sorry, I should have put it in more practical sense. How is your insert the day? Mm-hmm. So how is your Friday going? Oh, how's your Saturday going? How is, that, is that any different to how is your day going? 100%. It is massively <laughs> different because okay. us as humans, we have this habit loop, which is when someone asks us, how, how's your day going, Thomas? You answer, yeah, it's going well, thank you. How's yours? No one says, oh, I'm having a shit day. Because if you said, oh, I'm having a shit day, you're like, Bye. <laughs> well then. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so you want to have better conversations with people? Break the habit loops. Mm. And you can do that by breaking and chucking in words that will disrupt their patterns. So by simply saying, how is your Thursday going? People will be, you have to stop and think. Okay, shit, is it Thursday? Yeah, it is Thursday. And how is my Thursday actually going? And you're going to have so much better conversations with people. Mm. I promise you, I can put money on it. Please, 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 just ask people how it is they insert the day and respond when someone asks you how you are with the letter beginning with the day. So fantastic, marvelous, tremendous. Um, what an amazing takeaway for the people listening. That's yeah. yeah. And because it, it makes you be present for a moment. It really mm. does. And the reason why I say it's another day in paradise you know, at the beginning, it was like an old funny saying. Yeah. Um, but now, I generally believe it. Like, I wake up, it's that gratitude, you know, mm-hmm. idea. I'm above the earth right now. I'm like, and if I don't watch the news. Oh, it's so good here. Oh, do you not yeah. at all? No, not no. Um, <coughs> different podcast, different story. Oh, um, there'll be another one, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But for me, it's a case of like, you don't need to read about someone dying today to realize it's out there, it's happening. Um, everyone knows someone who has passed yeah, away suddenly. Um, we won't go too much into it. Um, but, you know, we talk about why I do so much, and it's purely the sense of all we have is this present moment, you know. So, um, I mac- you know, I don't work ridiculous hours. You know, I wake up, I get my eight hours, so I wake up at nine or ten. Um, I go to bed at midnight or one. Um what I do is whilst I'm awake, I think that's the important question is what you're doing whilst yeah. you're awake. <clears throat> and so I'll try and talk people through my day and I might give them an insight into how That'd I balance it. Fantastic. Yeah. Beautiful. First thing I do in the morning is jump on my uh, Babel app, which I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's my, <laughs> it's my language learning application. Um, once again, there's juice and resistance. We never are out of arm reach on my phone. So I can practice Spanish straight away. <clears throat> Um, whilst I'm eating breakfast, I limit myself. And Gary V did an awesome video on this. If you don't know who Gary V is, check it out. Um, about why the fuck does he eat so fast? Because he's got shit to do. <laughs> That's, it's, yeah. I don't think it's about stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it's where your priorities lie. I mean, I'm a massive foodie. Eating fast <laughs> yeah. is not a thing. It's not a thing I need to enjoy and say. All in context, all in relevance. Yeah, of course. So, you know, wake up, um, go on my Spanish app. <clears throat> then, whilst I'm eating breakfast, I'm responding to all my social media messages. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer that I will respond to everyone and I forever will be. It's not automated. I don't care how big I get. Value that. Yeah. Um, because I remember when I was that one guy knocking on someone's door. Um, once I've answered all my social media messages, um, I then watch um, my Spanish uh, Jane the Virgin in the background. <laughs> it's a good program, Jane it the is. Virgin. I started it watching it. I was like, whoa, this is actually damn good. <laughs> Bloody emotional roller coaster. Don't um, I, I'm, I'm only in the first series. Don't kind of don't ruin it for me. Me too. So wake up, practice my Spanish, respond to emails, um, social media messages. Whilst Jane the Virgin is in the background, 
then I sit myself at my desk or wherever I am in the world mm-hmm. um, because you need to get yourself out of your comfort zone. You need to separate relaxation yeah. and work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Trello, another thing I recommend Trello. people checking out. And I have a time matrix, Stephen Covey's, where I have urgent and important, urgent, not important, and so on and so forth. The idea is, regardless of what happens that day, I need to get my urgent and important tasks done. Yeah. And that is checked throughout the day. And then before I go to bed, that list is full. So I know waking up, brain wants to be efficient. I can relax. I know just go on that board. Okay, that's what we've got to do today. Let's get it done. Work through that throughout the day. Um, I then usually finish about half five um, because then I have martial arts at seven. I have to travel to get there. Um, okay. And what's great about that is, yeah, you get to switch off. You know, you get to actually pull yourself away from mm-hmm. work. So whilst many people are now getting home and relaxing, I'm now going martial arts for two, three hours. Training a skill which I hope I never have to use. But it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And, you know, the martial arts for me now, I'm, I'm such an advocate for because the ability to protect your own life and to protect other people's, you can't put a price on that. Uh, again, I can attest to that. Yeah, I, I, I did black boxing, for, uh, black boxing, kickboxing for a long, long time, um, you know, became a black belt. And it's, it, although not doing it now, one of the greatest skills I've ever learned. 100%. So, you know, after that, I come home and it's now like 10 o'clock. Um, I'll eat. I'll watch a couple of my videos that I've saved on YouTube that I want to watch, um, all relevant and personal development. And then um, I'll finish the night off with social media, checking on that. I use it massively for the business. Mm-hmm. And then probably one last um, exercise on Spanish, whether that's speaking to people in Spanish on my phone um, or actually going through applications. And that's what a basic day looks like for me. Nothing crazy. Routines for your routines. Yes. Um, and then you might be out on the road, but I still find a way to get it all in. So um, that's how I do so much. It's not a crazy 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. star. Um, it's probably less hours than what most people do. Well, it's finally what works for you, as yeah. we've mentioned a few times throughout this. Um, yeah. Well, we're approaching an hour in the podcast. We've just passed an hour, and I know <laughs> that you've got stuff to do as well. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for being on today. Um, but the way I want to end this and future podcasts is I have one last question to ask you and it's if you could tell the younger Jordan Harry three things if you give three pieces of advice to the younger yeah. Jordan Harry say when you were 12 when you were 15 16 yeah. and hopefully some takeaways that the people can amongst all the takeaways that you've already given them which have been absolutely superb thank you so much for that um, I'm definitely going to employ them what would you say? Three okay. things. Thankfully, I've got that memory training. So that would be me. The first one would be um, talk to strangers because everyone is a stranger mm-hmm. until you get to know them. Right? If your parents told you don't talk to strangers, I'm sorry, but that was the biggest fucking lie they told you. Yeah. <laughs> because Thomas was a stranger before we shook hands and I said, hi, my name's Jordan and you're Thomas. Okay, cool. We're not strangers no more. Um, so I would have told 12 year old Jordan, not that he was shy, but I would have been like, look, man, talk to freaking everyone and know that you can learn from everyone you meet. That's number one. Number two would be, um, I guess don't do anything different, man. Like literally, literally go out and continue what you're doing. Because if I stopped triple jump sooner, and I did martial arts, I probably would have fell out of love sooner because I wasn't as strong and as fast and as switched on. Um, I probably would have got hurt probably never would have gone back to it, uh, probably would affect my comp. You know, it's this kind of butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. What's got me at this position? Yes, could I be somewhere further? But you never Everything has got you to where you are today. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so many people, especially leaving uni, you've got options. You will never know what plan B would have been. It doesn't matter how many times you play it over in your head and you do the calculations. You only know what the option you went for. You will never know what plan B was. Mm-hmm. So come to terms with that become at peace with that um and just execute on what you've chosen and as thomas said before i don't have your mind it's okay yeah okay it's okay to quit and fail and fail fast don't waste time if it's not right for you move on Mm -hmm. you know um and the final one is be patient yeah i think we've heard this a lot 
being patient in the micro, but patient in the macro in the sense of day-to-day, Jordan, like, fucking kill it, man. Like, get every day. Like, get the most from every day. Don't say no to that social event because you're tired, within reason. Or don't say no to that meeting because it's an hour away. Go get it. But be patient in that that client might not come through for another year. Be okay with that, Jordan. You're not going anywhere anytime soon within your control. Um, So I would say speak to strangers. Um, Don't change anything, like drastically. (laughs) And then be patient. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I'd be Um, like, damn, you look good. Damn, you look (laughs) fine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Do you know what? This has been... This far exceeded anything I thought this podcast was going to be oh, like. Lot, it's man. been incredibly, incredibly empowering, um, not only for myself, but I'm sure for those listening. Um, some great takeaway points, great tips. I've learned a shit ton. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to try and you know look more into speed reading. Mm. Um, and I'm going to leave. And memory training. And memory training. And yeah. memory training. So where can people find you? Your Instagram handles. I'm going to link them below anyway. But if you lot. just want to shout them out, you know your businesses, your websites, all that kind of stuff. Um, what I love coming on these podcasts is, you know, I make my millions. I will make my millions you not from, um, from my corporate clients, not from online course sales. So if you've listened to this podcast to help Thomas out as well, um, don't have to follow me, but find me on Instagram at Jordan Harry, two N's, two Y's. And just let me know that you came from this podcast um, and then let me know what course you would like, whether it be the speed reading or the memory one, and I'll give you free access. Um, I mean that because my goal is to impact as many people as possible. It's brilliant. Um, like I said before, financially, there's no hidden tactic behind it. Um, you can find my website, StudyFast. SEO is good now, so you can just type in StudyFast. Awesome. Um, but yeah, feel free to just reach out to me, have a conversation. Um, I love that. Like I said, I learned just as much from you as you will from me. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you again, Thomas, for having me on. And remember, everyone, time is precious, so waste it wisely. 100%. I think that's the perfect way to round off. So thank you very much, Jordan. This has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I can't thank you enough. Hey, there's a Spanish getting in there as well. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. Been brilliant. Take care, brother.